0: Church, when I say the word home, what are some things that'll pop out to you? Let me uh, just take you down a journey of my own exploration today as well. The, is, it, is it the place that you grew up? Maybe it's the church that you grew up in, right? Come on, come on. Maybe it's the, your mom's warm chocolate chip cookies that all of your friends would come over and eat way too many, so you had to hide them in the special jar, Maybe it's constantly fighting with your sister. When you think of home, you think, ah, yes, battles nonstop with my siblings. Maybe it's, you know, as your dad moved beside or walked through the room, that gentle kidney shot that you would give him every time, right? Just, you know, that sign of love, like, I got you, Dad. Or maybe it's going to church on Sunday morning. Maybe that was a part of what home was to you, that that church that allowed God to speak. The orange pews, murals on the wall. Older believers who even at 18 years old believed in me when no one else did. Whatever home is for you, we want to encourage you that Life Center Kanata can be that place. Some of us, as I'm reliving my own home experiences, maybe your home experience isn't uh, as warm and fuzzy as what I'm recollecting. But We want to encourage you this morning that the home that we are creating together can be for God and God alone. That this can be a place where great memories are created, where new uh, uh, generations are raised up in who it is that God is, where we begin to establish a new legacy right in this place. Over the summer, we're going to journey together in the one another's in Scripture. And as I already said once again, thank you so much. Last week, Pastor Terry uh, challenged us at what it means to bear with one another, to truly accept one another, and what a message it was. This week, we're going to go through what it means to live together in harmony, to live in harmony with one another, and how doing so can unlock something truly special in the Spirit for us all. Ultimately, our hope is is that this summer series will inspire and challenge each and every one of us to love others in a deeper and more meaningful way. Now, a great reminder for us all as we continue to journey down this road of challenging ourselves to not only understand the one another's but to be the one another's is that we are not called to walk this road alone. We are called to walk this journey out with one another. In order for our church to be a home, we need to establish together a love that goes beyond. Amen? Harmony is a great word to describe a church that is flowing well, that understands what it looks like to support one another. Now, I, all week as I've been preparing this, have been like, do I sing? Do I not sing? And God just put on my heart, like, don't blow the speakers. Like, that's not your job. I was like, okay, God. But I was thinking about how, you know those amazing, amazing singers that you know in your life? Maybe uh, Pastor Sarah or one of the singers that were on stage today where someone begins to sing and they can start, so flawlessly, just join in behind. You know what I'm talking about, right? No, nobody in this room is thinking of me because when somebody starts to sing and I join in, I get that, like, it's okay. It's okay, right? It's okay. Like, I got this. But that beautiful moment where someone begins to sing and someone else, their, their ear is just tuned towards that harmony to know where to come in to add that other part, whether it be a bass or an alto, whatever it is, where they just join in so, f- just, just flawlessly. To be able to see and stand in that moment as one begins to support the other. And you can sense and you can feel God moving in music. Church, I believe that we are called to do the same thing. That we are called as we journey through these one another's to see where God is already at work. And to join with Him in harmony. There's so many times, and we're going to continue to, to come back to this theme of what it means to commune with God this morning, but there's so many times in our lives where we will be asking God for something. A prayer request, a desire on our hearts, something that has been sitting with us and we're saying, God, please, I need you in this moment. God, I need you to show up in this place. And I am so thankful for a God who hears our prayers. I'm so thankful to be able to stand up here this morning and maybe you're in that place where you feel like God isn't listening. I want to encourage you today. Our God is listening. And our God is a God who answers. Our God is a God who meets you where you are. That's our God. That's our God. That's the God who sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. And so if you're here today and and you're praying for something, you just feel like God is distant, I want to encourage you, don't walk this road alone. See, what the enemy will try to do is he'll try to solo you out. He'll try to put you in a silo. He'll try to tell you that you're the only one that's ever prayed this prayer. You're the only one that's ever been disappointed with God before. That's what the enemy will try to do. he say, it's just you. It's just you that God doesn't love. But I want to encourage you today, before you leave this place, remember, you don't walk alone. There's a harmony that God has called us to in working with him, but there's also a beautiful harmony that God has called us to when journeying with each other. Life Center, I want to encourage you, whatever it is that you're praying through today, it may not be the exact same thing, but there is somebody in this room today that has walked the road that you're on, that has reached out to God and said, God, would you meet me here? And maybe they journeyed that same journey that you're on year after year after year of not knowing where God was, but Heavenly Father, you show up. And this morning, you can lean on other people in this room as a reminder that no matter how long it takes, no matter what that road looks like, our God is faithful. There's a harmony. And as you begin to sing, and you're not sure if you're hitting the right notes to have your brother and sister come behind you and say, hey, why don't you let me take the lead here? Why don't you let me believe for what it is that you're believing for? Because I've already seen God move in that way. In order for this to be a home, in order for this to be a place that God begins to move, we need to ground ourselves in the understanding that we are not called to be alone. Even that sister in your life, that they just look at you funny and you're like, really, that's how we're going to start this day? It's amazing how much you need them, isn't it? When you grow up and you're 18, 19 years old, you realize that mom and dad weren't as silly as you thought they were. And you start to look at your siblings as not just the annoying younger brother, younger sister, but as a vital part of who you are and who you're going to be. Church, we need each other. We need each other to lean on one another. So what is home? Well, I believe that home is safety. I believe that home is safety, and not just in the physical sense, but I believe that home is safety in the spiritual sense. I believe that home is safety in the personal sense, and we want to encourage each person that walks through the doors of this building, that walks into our home here in Kanata Life Center, that here you are safe to be yourself. Here you are safe to be yourself. Whatever it is that God is calling you to be, whoever it is that you are called to be in this amazing song that God is leading us through week after week after week, we need you to be yourself. Now, be yourself in Christ. Amen? Right? But we want to encourage you to be yourself. We believe that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you to be you. We don't need you to be us. We need you to be you so that God can reveal a deeper understanding of what Life Center is as us. We believe that home is safety to be yourself. We believe that home is a place where it is reliable when it comes to love. So many of these bear with one another's, and, and one of, it's this inclusive idea that we are called to journey together. And we need to be reliable when it comes to love. We said just a couple of weeks ago that sometimes God is seen as judgmental, but we, we raise the question, is it God who's judgmental, or is it his image bearers? Church, we need to be reliable when it comes to love. We need to love without expectation. We need to love without selfish intent. We need to love that doesn't keep a record of of harms and, and wrongs. We need to love because God first loved us. Not one of us in this room loved him first. Every single one of us who uh, would confess this morning, yes, I've given my life to God or I've said a prayer or or whatever that looked like for you, all of it was in response to what the Holy Spirit was doing. We need to be reliable when it comes to love because our God is reliable when it comes to love. And we also need to be predictable in expectations. Isn't that one of the best things about being home? I I remember um, the first time ever in my life that I ever brought a girl home. Uh, her name was Cassie. That's when my parents were like, wait a second. You're going to introduce her to us? I was like, this one's special. Like, there's something going on here. Don't ruin this for me. And uh, I remember walking home, and, and uh, I'd met Cassie at Bible College, and so the, the first time that she had seen me out of that environment was in my house. And the first night uh, uh, after we, we were saying goodnight, and she was going up to my room, and I got to sleep on the couch in the basement with the dog. What a blessing. What a blessing. I remember before she did, she goes, you're different here. I was like, what? No. What do you mean? She's like, you came home, ate some cookies. Like, are you going to do the dishes ever? Are you going to? I was like, wow. Wow going to call me out like that. But in my home, it was, it was predictable. I knew what the expectations were. My mom, she was such an amazing person that it was easy for me to come in and, and just release all those things. Church, we want to encourage you that here at this church and Life Center, the expectation on your life is to run after God with everything that you have. That that should be the expectation when you come in. That each and every one of us with arms lifted high are saying, God, we need more of you today. Let that be the harmony that flows through this place. There is no expectation to be perfect in this house. There is no expectation that you would come in each and every week having everything together. There is no expectation that you would come in each and every week with all of the answers. But we do expect God to show up. We do expect the Holy Spirit to move. We do expect that each and every one of us, as we encounter the one true Holy God, will leave this place with new challenges and a new understanding and a deeper love for who God is. We do expect that we would be less so that God could be more. In Romans chapter 14, in Romans chapter 12, sorry, where our verse comes from today, Paul challenges us all to live in harmony, and he highlights a couple of harmony breakers. Let's take a look at it this morning. Romans chapter 12, verses 16 to 18 says this, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this room together, God. Lord, I thank you for each and every life, Lord Jesus, that is present here. God, I thank you for our two amazing hosts who led us so well, for our worship team, Lord Jesus, who uh, just helped us to usher into the throne room. And today, God, we stand in awe before you. God, let these words not be hollow in our heart, but may we remind ourselves, even in this moment, that you penned these words through Paul, God. That we would be challenged today, Lord Jesus, not just to understand these things. Lord God, not just to hear these things, but to live these things. One for the other. And so God, we pray today, Lord God, Holy Spirit, seal these things on our heart. And may Life Center Canada be a church that lives in harmony. And we ask that this morning. Amen. 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 Biblical harmony requires each of us to fall in step with each other. So what is a home? A home is a place where you are safe to be yourself. It's reliable when it comes to love. It's predictable in its expectation. What is it not? Church, we are not called to be haughty. What a great word, right? We are not called to be haughty. We are not called to be full of ourselves. We are not called to take offense at everything. Hello? Come on. We are not called to be haughty. We are not called to take offense. We are actually positioned by God, by Jesus, to serve the world, not to be served. And it is important for us to remember that because an easy way for harmony to be broken is for someone to assume, uh, through, 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 through just a, a, a twisted view of what the kingdom of God is that we are positioned to be more. We're not. God has positioned us to be the least. And in that position, they will see him. Isn't that the greatest call in our lives? That we would be the least so that every person in our lives could see God. Not us, but God. Paul challenges us, do not uh, uh, count anybody out. Associate with the lowly. One of my favorite things about Jesus is when he's called out for the people that he's hanging out with. The Pharisees and the teachers of the time, they don't understand who Jesus is. Not just that he's God, but like what makes him him. They don't understand how he can, you know, heal people on the Sabbath. What are you doing? And, and Jesus challenges them and says, are you serious? I'm going to heal people on the Sabbath because if you had a donkey that had fallen in a hole, if you had a sheep that had fallen, you're going to save that sheep. They're like, well, yeah, but that's worth something. Jesus challenges the teachers of his time over and over and over again. There is nothing worth more in this world than the children that the Father created. Hallelujah. There is nothing worth more in this world than the children that God created. And so Jesus is seen with the tax collectors. Jesus is seen with the prostitutes. Why? Because he believes in the purpose of their soul. Not who it is that they present themselves. Not the the poor situations that they have fallen into. No, Jesus sees beyond that. He sees who the Father created. And he calls that out. Paul says, never be wise in our own sight. Church, let us never be a people who believe that we don't have anything else to learn. I love what God is doing in our city. I love what God is doing in our church. I love even in, in, on August 15th, the, 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 the ladies' night out, the mums' night out, that Pastor Karen is preparing this, this, this Taste of the Nations night, an opportunity for each and every one of us to learn something about the other. There is so much to learn the easiest way for harmony to, to begin to fracture in our midst is if, if, is if we believe that we have nothing else to learn from each other. Even as we challenge this morning, do not be deceived. There are those who have walked the path that you're walking today, and they are sitting right beside you in this room. Repay no one evil for evil but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 to 12 says this, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Man, what a church that would be. Finally, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. You know, what if people in our community started to ask each other, you know, why do you go to Life Center Canada? Listen, it is full of people who have nothing but sympathy. There is a love that goes beyond themselves. They are tender in the way that they speak, and they are humble in everything that they do. That will point people to Jesus. Verse 9 says this, do not repay evil for evil or reveling or reviling, there it is, practiced that earlier, got it again, here we go, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Verses 10 to 12 actually comes from a psalm, Psalm 34, 12 to 14. And I love the knowledge of the gospel. That, that Paul has in this moment. Church, isn't it amazing that the book that we read from today goes beyond all the ages? That it was just as relevant as it was penned back in the days of the psalmist as it was for the people that Peter was speaking to as it is today in 2023. God's word is timeless. And it is for every generation for us to study, for us to learn from, for us to uh, establish in our hearts so that we can be who God has called us to be. Let us not repay evil for evil. Let us not take reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, that we would bless those who God has called us to bless. I just want to take you back to middle school real quick. Junior high. Do you see that person? Kevin. Yeah, I see him. Kevin. Oh, that's the whole Kevin. It wasn't just the way that he said things, right, that would like cut deep. It was the way that he looked when he did it. Right? You would see Kevin. Kevin would come in to the and, and just the way he looked, and you, you're like, Oh, it's on. Right? Kevin accidentally walked into the door and you're like, Thank you, God. But church, this is not who we're called to be. It's important for us to remember that even in those moments where we take joy in in what it is that's happening to other people who have done us wrong, that God is calling us to pray instead. That God is calling us to believe. Why? Because God sees who each and every person truly is. Amen? And that we believe that each and every person, no matter what it is that they've done to us, no matter what it is that's been said, that each and every person deserves the price that was paid on the cross for forgiveness to be written on their hearts for eternity to be written in their stead I love that that Paul challenges us not to give up on those who are lowly I do not believe that there is anybody beyond the saving grace of Jesus Christ and so even as I was penning this sermon I prayed for Kevin for the first time in 36 years God bless but I don't want to pretend like it was easy I'm not going to get into the details today of what Kevin did in junior high. Of what that looked like. Because forgiveness is hard, amen. Even as that challenge of forgiveness goes out today, I know that there are many that are sitting in this place that have heard the call to forgiveness and have felt that, that knot in your stomach. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can do that. What they've done is not worthy of forgiveness. But church, I just want to encourage you that carrying unforgiveness is a poison to you, not to the other person. Forgiveness is not saying it is okay what was said. Forgiveness is not saying it is okay what is done. Forgiveness is saying what was said and what is done will not keep me in this prison any longer. In Jesus' name, I am free. I am free to forgive. I am free to move beyond that moment to recognize that those things that were said and those things that were done are not who I am. There were things said and done onto me, but because of Christ, I am free. Forgiveness is a release of all the things that the enemy tries to pile on, and instead for you to be able to recognize that there is a crown on your head placed there by the king himself. And the king says that whom he sets free is free indeed. Forgiveness is walking out that freedom. And God has called us here in this room to live collectively, not individually. And there's a beautiful understanding that you don't even have to forgive by yourself. Come on. You don't have to forgive on your own. Church, I want to encourage you today, having only been here for nine short months, there are beautiful people that call Life Center Canada home. And they will walk with you through forgiveness. If you will just give them the opportunity to not weigh you down, to not guilt you, but by the grace that has been invested in them by Jesus Christ. They will journey with you on this course of forgiveness. There is a beauty that comes hand in hand saying, listen, I don't think I can forgive on my own. And God's saying, I'm not asking you to. We are called to walk this out together. Isn't that beautiful? This challenge this morning of living in harmony with one another. Of preparing a church that is a safe place for each of us to be who we truly are. This is not one that we carry on our own. But it's something that we carry together. If the church is going to be known for love, we get to carry that together. If the church is going to be known for its hypocrisy, we have to carry that together. High school students. When you walk into your schools in September, remember that we walk with you. That you are not alone. And you have the ability to carry Jesus in your heart. To make a difference in that school that you walk into. No matter what it is that people say. No matter what it is that people do. You are different. Where you stand is holy ground in Jesus' name. Adults, we have the opportunity tomorrow to carry Jesus and carry harmony into our workplaces. To be challenged by what it is that God is saying this morning and to allow the bank to be different tomorrow. To allow that real estate agency to be different tomorrow. Hospitals to be different tomorrow. Workplaces to be different tomorrow. Oh God, if there's People in this room today, Lord Jesus, who are journeying out, Lord God, to do yard work, we have the opportunity to stand in awe of your creation and live in harmony tomorrow. Moms and dads, grandma and grandpa, we have the opportunity today to reestablish harmony in our homes. See, we are the image of the invisible God. We have been given the unique and amazing opportunity to learn about who he is, to engage with him each and every week, and to allow him to establish himself in us that others may see him there. In a world where it's so easy to tear down church, let's make a habit of building up. Let us join together as one is leading in song to to come in and, and support wherever we can. John 13, 34 to 35 says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Isn't that beautiful? But God, how will people know that we serve you? Live in harmony. But God, how will people know that we know who you are if we can't quote scripture after scripture? Live in harmony. God, how will people know if if they're living not for you and we don't confront them with, with the truth that we know? He says, why don't you just live in harmony? Why don't you show the world by living and loving one another who I truly am? This is the call on our lives. To allow the Spirit of the Lord to challenge us today to live in harmony. I was listening to a, a great speaker by the name of Mark Comer. He said, over our lives, there'll be three different phases of forgiveness that each and every one of us will have to walk through. All of us will have to be real and forgiving ourselves. be able to sit with God and say, God, you know the mistakes that I've made. I know the mistakes that I've made. But because you've forgiven me, I'm going to release those and place it under the blood. says so once we're done forgiving ourselves, only then can we truly forgive others. And phase two is seeing what God has forgiven in our lives and remembering that God has an intention to set those around us free as well. And they can't be free if we are constantly keeping them under those lock and chains. So so we forgive ourselves and we allow God to move that saving grace into our lives so that we can then extend that to others who have done us wrong and have lived in that place. And he said, lastly, the third thing that we'll have to do, each and every one of us, get to a place in forgiveness where we are okay to forgive God. Now, we don't actually have to forgive God because he's holy, he's just, he's righteous. God is good. Amen? No, no, like like he is good. Like if you looked up good and the definition, it's God. Like he is good. That just hit me somewhere special. Okay. God is good. We don't actually have to forgive God, but there will be things in our lives where we need to approach God and say, God, you didn't show up the way that I wanted you to. You didn't answer the prayers the way that I had lined them up for you to answer. But I know that I know that I know who you truly are. Come on, church. I know that I know that I know who you truly are. And because of that, God, I will reset my mind. I will reset my heart to a fresh understanding that you are who you are and you'll never change. So even in those areas where I was disappointed, even in those areas where I was frustrated, you never ceased being God. I want to encourage someone this morning that an answer to your prayer does not make God, God. Amen? An answer to your prayer does not make God, God. And on the flip side, an unanswered prayer does not mean that God is not God. In those moments as we're praying and we're believing, listen, I I, I am the first one to be able to stand up here and say that I have seen God work the miraculous. And I have also journeyed through different times, as I'm sure many of you have, where God has not showed up. Did it move the way that I expected him to move? The enemy will try to attack you in those moments. He'll try to break down the harmony that is supposed to exist between you and the Father. He'll try to break in there with that squeaky, like, nails on the chalkboard, right? Like, when the enemy jumps into our harmony, like, that's how I picture it. Like, that just, like... you will try to jump in there and you'll say, see, God doesn't love you. He's not listening. Maybe he always intended for this pain to happen. But church, I want to encourage you today that our God is faithful. That's who he is. In worship this morning, Right before Nephisilia and, and, and Jola came up, it's this beautiful reminder that if all that God had done in human history was send His son to die for us, that is a God we're serving. If the only thing, that the God of the Bible had done was send his son Jesus, To willingly go to the cross, to suffer and die for our sins. That would be a God worth following. That would be a God worth serving. That would be a God worth laying our lives down to say, yes, that is beautiful. That you would look at us and say, I will fix it myself. I will shed that innocent blood. But our God is so much more, amen? Our God is the God who parted the Red Sea. Our God is the God who after three days rose Jesus from the dead. Our God is the God who planted the church, who allowed the disciples to walk bravely and boldly, many of them to their deaths, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Our God is the God who has cured cancer. Our God is the God who has healed broken legs, injured, injured hearts. Our God is the God who allows us to move into positions of forgiveness. Our Our God is the God who sets the captive free. He continues to move. And so this morning, in those areas where we lack harmony, church, let us commit to joining with one another. My prayer for the fall, as we continue to journey towards it, is that we would be so attentive of where God is already at work. And simply join him in that work. Our God is faithful. So this morning, I want to encourage you that this church is going to be a church where harmony flows, where songs are lifted in worship, where rejoicing is made beautiful as we celebrate the moments that God is entering in. But harmony is also going to flow in this place in the midst of struggle and strife and grief as we carry each other and remind each other that our God is not God if he answers prayer. He is still God even if those prayers go unanswered. Our God is God because he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins and raised him again on the third day so that we could have eternity written on our hearts. That's our God. If he never did anything more, he's a God we're serving. But thank you, God, that he continues to pour out and pour out and pour out. We believe that there's a harmony coming in revival. Amen? That there are going to be hearts in this room that are brought back to life through Jesus Christ. That there are those who are just in the waiting in Canada and, 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 and Carleton Place and Stittsville. That there are hearts that are, are in the waiting in Ottawa that will be brought to life for the first time. We believe that there is going to be a harmony that will flow out of this place in the baptismal tank as we celebrate new lives committed to Jesus. We believe that there is a harmony in this place as friendships that will last a lifetime are established and raised up. We believe that there's a harmony in this place as that next generation looks onward and says, wow, that is a God we're serving. Let's pray this morning. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for this challenge this morning, God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for anybody in this room, Lord God, maybe spiritually or physically or mentally, God, they don't feel like they can join in on the song that you are weaving through this place. Lord Jesus, I pray that they would not be uh, 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 dismayed this morning, God. I pray that they would not feel any shame this morning, Lord Jesus. But instead, to the best of their ability, God, may they reach out that hand of help. God, we believe that it is not weakness to lean on the brothers and sisters that you have provided around us. That is our strength, to be reminded that we are not called to walk this road alone. God, you yourself live three in one. Unity is a part of who you are. It's a part of who you've called us to be. Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord Jesus, that for those in this room who are are, are just feeling full of who you are, let them lead in song, Lord Jesus. And may others just continue to join in and add to their parts. And Lord, may we sing a joyful song unto who you are that all of Kanata would hear. God, set the captive free. Lord, if there are those in this room that are struggling with unforgiveness, let this be the day. Let this be the day, Holy Spirit, where you guide them by your son to be set free in Jesus' name. Not to dismiss the things that have happened, but instead to walk fully in their freedom. God, let this house be a home, a place where people can come and know that there is a safety to be who you've called them to be a place where they can come and know that there is love and a love that is reliable, a love that is trustworthy, that flows only from you and you alone. And let this be a home, Lord God, where the expectations are clear. God, that we would journey each and every week to be more like you. Holy Spirit, thank you for being here this morning. God, thank you for my friends. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this amazing church, Lord God. It's so much more than a building. God, this is a home. Let friendships prosper here, God. Let generations be raised up. May your kingdom move forward in this place. and We ask that in your holy name.